Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church message of the week. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity and atmosphere through worship music and the word where people can encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and then help others to do the same. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife Valetta and our four children, we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. Thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. The, the heart of the church is to create a place and an atmosphere where people can encounter the living God, where they can align with His purposes and His purposes for their lives, and then reign in life, like Paul says we can when we are in Jesus. Our heart is to, to be a family church where families are welcome, multi-generational church, multicultural church. And that's also why I'm going to do most of this in English today, even though all of you are Afrikaans. This is your heart, this is your focus. And today is my gebed and I hope that everyone of us, on a special manier that we will have a special encounter with God as we worship, as we hear the word of God about His Son, and as we share communion with family and friends. Um, that, that is the point of today. This is also our last service of the year. It's been a weird year. It's going to be a weirdly long holiday. Uh, the schools are only starting on the 27th of January. Can you believe it? So... <laughs> We still have a very long time of trying to keep three busy boys busy. So anyone want play dates? <laughs> Just uh, give us a call. <laughs> we are here. The idea is to start with in-person services again on the 24th of January. And uh, we will start, at this stage, we'll st still use this venue. We've put the messages of the past few weeks on podcasts. So you can listen to that on podcasts on Apple, Spotify, all those things. So you can check that out. We know that Christmas is not about the, the trees and the gifts and the commerciality of it. It's not about that. We know it's about Jesus. So today, that is the focus for us. We, we want to sing some songs that focus on Him. And we wanna sh I want to share a word that I feel God has laid on my heart that I'm going to try to do in the time that we have, which is really difficult because the more... I've been studying these scriptures, the more I want to say about it, but I'm going to try to focus and do it concisely for you. We're going to focus on worshiping Jesus and not the songs and the worldly idea of this holiday, this holy day. Instead, we'll gaze upon the one who created all of our days and the one who is holy. That should be our focus today as we do this. So let's pray and... Um, Let's lift our eyes to Jesus as we start this morning. Lord God, I thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. I thank you that we can celebrate the birth of your son in this day. That we have the privilege and the honor of gathering like this. We thank you as well, Lord, that you protect all of us right now. That none of this stuff that's going around, the virus, the fear will affect or infect us today. We thank you that your blood cleanses us, that your power strengthens us and heals us, and that 
we will walk away here today knowing that we had an encounter with you and that nothing can touch us because we are children of the living God. We pray for every loved one, every family member that may be affected or infected by this thing. And we, we just ask right now that you will heal them, comfort them, and lead them in, in this time. We have people that are in hospitals going through, through difficult times. We have overflowing hospitals. We have friends that are in the medical profession that are having such a tough time. Lord, we lift all of them up to you. We ask that you guide them, strengthen them, and lead them. And Lord, ultimately we pray that you will heal the world of this thing and that you will, that you will heal all of our hearts from this year that we've had, all the trauma, the, the heartache, the difficult things, and that you will strengthen us and lead us in this, this time to come. Thank you that we can rest in you today. Thank you that we can enjoy our time in your presence. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. This morning, as we have this moment and think of Jesus, I've been just the last while thinking a lot about this and reading the scriptures, reading the, <clears throat> the, the prophecies, the setup, and um, watching this beautiful video from The Chosen. They did such a great job if you can go and watch it on their YouTube channel, of summarizing the history of the people of God. And something of that is, is what we also need to look at this morning as we think of Jesus, because we can't just celebrate a baby that was born in Bethlehem with all the interesting changes that people have made to the actual history <laughs> and used for commercial gain. But we need to think of and meditate on the why. Why did God do it this way? And initially, I wanted to talk about a, a gift with a purpose, a gift with eternal purpose. But the more I read the, the prophecies and the, what, what happened in the New Testament, and I started seeing this connection between how Jesus is actually the light of the world. In fact, he's called the great light of the world. And what I want to I delve into that a little bit. When we open up our Bibles in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, there was only darkness. And the first thing that God created was light. He said, let there be light. Darkness is the absence of light. And things changed. The last thing he created in the account of the creation was the crown of his handiwork, according to the Bible. The first Adam, mankind. In his own image from his rib, he formed the woman. God had an intimate relationship with them and gave them one thing to obey. And unfortunately, they disobeyed. And with that, sin came into the world and alienated people from God. A type of darkness came back into the world that God created. And right then and there already, we see something in what God says to the serpent that there will be enmity between him and the woman 
And the seed of the woman will crush his head. He will bite the heel of the, of the seed, but the, the, the seed will ultimately crush him. And after that, it gets pretty bad. <laughs> we see a world enveloped in sin and darkness, and God is actually so upset he wants to just get rid of everybody. A very sad day in the history of the world. And he, but he sees one righteous man out of everybody. And he gives him a job to build an ark and save his family so that he can start over. A bit of light in a very dark world. Then that went pear-shaped fairly early on because just after they got to land, the first thing Noah did was get drunk and be seduced by his daughters. It was a very weird moment in the Bible when I read it the first time. And then from there, again, it didn't go well. But then again, a little light shined in a place called Ur, in a man called Abram. And God saw this light in him, and he made a covenant with him. And from here on, we see the darkness overtake the light of God shining in a few heroes of the faith along the way, like a light switch going on and off. When you read the Bible, there's like, this goes well and this goes not so well, especially when we go through the kings. And the, the prophecies are that there will be a Messiah, a Savior from the line of David. Now, we need to take a lesson from what happened there in our own lives as well, because what happened was people expected every son to be born out of David from that point on to be the Savior. They thought it was going to happen now. If, have you ever done that? Give it a prophetic word or get a promise in your heart or read a scripture and go, cool, God gave me a promise. And you're like, the timeline is probably about two days. So <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? And then we wait and we wait and we wait. The problem is we attach an expectation to a word from God. And that expectation comes with a timeline that we decide God never gave. And then when the timeline we had in mind didn't happen, there was... Um, frustration, irritation, and even a bitterness towards God because he didn't do what he said. But how do we know that? Maybe he's exactly doing what he planned all along. Other gods came and went. We keep hearing in the book of Kings and all these places about they didn't take down the high places. They started worshiping the gods of wherever they were. But throughout all of this, like a gigantic cosmic match, if you can imagine that, dragged slowly from an eternity perspective over a millennia of red phosphorus, causing sparks but not yet set alight, the breadcrumb embers of a great light that will come one day was constant source of hope for the people of God. But how long will they wait? We have looked at the amazing encounters of Mary in the last few weeks and Joseph about the fact that they will get to be chosen to be the earthly parents of the Son of God. A young peasant girl and a man from a line of kings but with no crown and no throne. Just a carpenter shop. Surely they didn't expect that the prophecies would ever be about them. 
735 years passed from when Isaiah prophesied a virgin will be the mother of Jesus. But the angel told Joseph the very reason for Jesus' coming. It's, he told them in Matthew, And she will bring forth a son, and you will call him Jesus, and he will sa- for, he, for he will save his people from their sins. That's, that's the why. Sin is darkness. Evil is darkness. God's holiness is light. His love, His definition of love is light. As I said earlier, darkness is the absence of light. Have you ever noticed that the smallest flame can change the darkest room? If it's completely pitch black in a room and you just light a match or a candle, suddenly everything changes. Darkness is captivity. It's being enslaved physically by the enemy, but also by fear and sin. And I think we can all agree that we have had a year of darkness where it seems like it's worse than ever before. Just the politics in America, the politics here, the racism, the hatred, the anger, the frustration, financial burden, economy going down, all these things have an effect on all of us in some way or form. I think we're all a little traumatized, if we're honest, from the year we've had. There's a darkness about it. The Bible also says, so on the one hand, we have darkness is this, the things that happen to us and the circumstances we face. On the other side, we have to also recognize that we were not born perfect people in love with God, doing everything according to His will. If you don't know, just ask any parent with small children. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all in darkness before we encounter the light of Jesus, the true light of life. When we go back to Isaiah, I, I used the scripture when I spoke about Joseph. But this is so beautiful. Isaiah 9 verse 2 to 7 is the one I have up there. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Now he's speaking at a time when the Jewish people were completely under attack. It was not going well. They were in a very dark time. And they were, their sin caused God to allow them to be under oppression. But every time... They cry out to God. God listened and he was gracious. And now he's telling them here, those who have walked in darkness, those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, what does that sound like? Psalm 23. Upon them a light has shined. And then it says, just two verses lower, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. How many of you would like to be governed by Jesus? I know I would. (laughs) 
I mentioned this earlier, but I want to go back and just show you something quite incredible. I said in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, earth was without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, if we read this side by side with John 1, listen to how beautiful it is. It starts the same way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things, listen to this, all things were made through Him. And nothing was made, or without him, nothing was made that was made. And this is, this is the key verse here. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And other, in others it says the darkness could not overcome it. There's different translations to that. But if you don't understand something, you can't overcome it. So it kind of makes sense. And a little bit further down in John 1, it says, That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So no matter where you come from, no matter where you grow up, no matter who you are, Jesus is the light to your darkness. Whether it's your sinful nature that first need to encounter Him so that you can change, or whether it's the things that you are facing and going through that feels like darkness. Now, I've got a few questions here. What did Jesus say about himself? In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Can you see how many times the word light comes up? What did John say about Jesus? In other places, I already showed you one. But this is the verse that we all know so well, but listen to the rest of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What did the angel say to Joseph? He is here so that people can be saved from their sins. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Listen to this. The light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Let his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. We cannot walk in the light without Jesus. And when we are in him, we do not want to do the stuff that we used to do. John also says in 1 John 1, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. 
If you call yourself a Christian and you walk in darkness, you're a liar. This is what the Bible says. Don't shoot the messenger. This is the Bible saying this. If you say I'm a Christian, but you do what you want, you're a liar. I'm putting that on record because the Bible has been doing it for 2,000 years. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Some of you are same age as I am. Who, do you, who remembers the song from DC Talk? I want to be in the light as you are in the light. Great song. Based on that verse. What does Paul say about Jesus? But even if our gospel is veiled, in other words, those who can't see the good news, it is veiled to those who are perishing, who are dying, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. How hectic is that? The enemy has blinded some people to the point that they don't want to see the light. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I know this is a lot of scripture, but as long as you keep hearing the word light every time and remember that, <laughs> that's good. What did Peter say about Jesus? This is beautiful. But you, talking to the believers, the people who are not veiled, the people who have accepted Jesus and said, yes, I will follow you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's interesting to me that it says a royal priesthood, not a royal nation. And a holy nation, not a holy priesthood. Did you see that? There's an interesting thing about the connection between governance and priestliness. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is what Jesus is. He is the great light. I got through that a lot quicker than I expected. Praise Jesus. I, for me, it's very important that we don't just gather for the sake of gathering. It's important to me that none of this ever becomes a religious action, but that it's an intentional moment where we come to encounter the living God. Today, I want to invite you into a moment to encounter the great light for two reasons. The first one is not lacquer. It's a tough one. It's the one where you need to take a moment and ask God, like David says in Psalm 139, search me and know me, O God, if there's any wicked way in me. Ask God, is there any darkness in my life? Any sin that I'm entertaining? Anything that I'm keeping a, a cracked door open for. And if he shows you, be convicted, not condemned. 
convicted and say, Lord, I'm sorry, repent. Repent to him. If it's something that's ongoing and habitual, seek help. Come to us. We will, we will help you to work through whatever it may be. But the thing is, if we are in the light as he is in the light, but we are struggling with stuff that we don't need to struggle with, then Jesus has come into our lives to a point in vain because we're not reigning in life like we should. So I want you to take a moment and think of that and ask God to show you and then repent. And the second one is, are you going through an experience or a circumstance or a relationship or something that feels like darkness is coming in, walls closing in, whatever it might be, that feeling of darkness Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. The one is to discipline and the one is to protect. Rod and staff. So the first question is actually God using the rod, (laughs) disciplining us. John 15 says, God disciplines those he loves. So if God disciplines you today, don't run away. Press into him. Let him speak to you. Let him reveal those things that are holding you back. And we need to know that what is impossible for man is possible with God. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Baby, you come and join us. We're going to sing the song Waymaker. Because I think it's, it fits in so beautifully with what we are talking about today. And I want you to first of all sing this song from the perspective of that Jesus is the one who made a way for us to go from darkness to light. That he's the promise keeper who promised 735 years before it even happened that he will come and bring the light that we all need. That he brings light in the darkness. In our own lives, where we may be falling short, entertaining some kind of sin. And the the difficult circumstances we may be facing. So I want to ask you that as you sing this today, as you worship today, let this be a moment where we ask ourselves those two questions. And we bring it before God whose supernatural power is the only thing that can shine the light and bring the difference and cleanse our situations and help us through them. Sometimes God will not necessarily alleviate the, the darkness, the, the experience, the circumstance, the way you want Him to. But I can promise you every time He will be with you as you go through it. So maybe you just need to ask for strength. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, make a way where there seems to be no way. Give me wisdom. Maybe you're in a situation you created yourself. Maybe you're in a situation you had no control over and you're just crying out to God to help you and guide you. Whatever it may be, let's have that encounter. Let's have that moment where we say, Jesus, be the great light in my life. Lord, we lay it all before you this morning. Everything that that may be in our lives that we know is not supposed to be there. Lord, 
every sin, every bit of brokenness we lay at your feet this morning. We repent, Lord. We turn away from our sin and we turn to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the great light of the world that has come to cleanse us. It's come to give us life and life in abundance through your supernatural strength and light and life. We can have everlasting life. And Lord, we bring before you this morning every challenging thing, the national situation, the international situation around COVID, the way it affects all of us, the fear, the the, the uncertainty, we just bring it all before you. Lord, right down to the, the circumstances and experiences of everyone here and everyone listening, that whatever they may be facing, Lord, circumstances beyond their control, financial difficulties, hurtful relationships, people that have, they've lost to death or sickness or whatever it may be, Lord, we just bring all those dark situations that steal our joy and that affect our lives to you. And first of all, Lord, we want to thank you, praise you, honor you, worship you. Because you say we must thank you and glorify you and praise you in all circumstances. And in Psalm 100, you say we must enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. And none of these things can stand in your presence, Lord. So we bring it into your presence with thanksgiving and praise and know that you are the great light that shine into all these dark things and bring the difference, bring the light, bring the life, bring the love. We cry out to you, Abba Father, as your children. We thank you that you've done this, that you are this to us. We embrace this and we ask that you will help us to walk in your light as you are in the light every day and that we will be your light to those around us, that your love will shine through our lives into everyday life with other people. We bless you, we honor you, we worship you, God. There's no one like you. We want to share communion with all of you. Jesus told us to, to do this in remembrance of him. You have bread on your table. Yanni and Chantal will help with the juice. We'd like you, if you are here with family, to do it with family. If you see anyone that doesn't have family, um, please be family to them <laughs> in this moment. I'm just going to share that this moment with you guys. Let's close our eyes and focus on Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Jesus. You are the great light of the world. You came as a baby in human form to completely know and associate with what we experience. And you lived a sinless life to show us what is possible when we are in close communion with the Father like you were. Lord, you were broken for our transgressions. You came to show us how to live, to die the death that we are supposed to die. And you were raised conquering death and conquering the devil to make it possible for us to have everlasting life. 
to have life eternal. We honour you, we worship you for that. And in this moment, Lord, as we gather as believers, as families, I thank you that we can do this. You told us to break bread, drink wine as symbols of your body and the blood that was shed for all of us. So Lord, bless this moment. Bless every husband, every wife, every marriage, every child, every family, every household with every blessing and every promise in the Word of God. I want to speak it over them as we partake in this communion today. Lord, we want to, you said we must do this, otherwise we can have no part of you. So Lord, we, as we take this bread and we drink this juice, we just want to thank you for what you've done and honor you. I thank you that as we take communion, every illness is healed. Every heartache is healed. Every financial situation is sorted out. Every uncertainty is answered. Every fear is taken away. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the great light of the world. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church message of the week. We trust that you found that encouraging, inspiring, hopefully challenging in a good way, and that you will come back next week to listen again. We want to invite you once again, that if you are in the Helderberg area and you're looking for a spiritual home, to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 22 Durkey A Street. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and your family. Bye-bye.